and it's important to this church too. All right, turn with me to Hebrews 11, verse 6, if you would. Hebrews 11, and I'm going to read verse 6, and then uh, turn, keep your finger there and, and turn to the book of, of Ephesians, chapter 2. Hebrews 6, Hebrews 11, and Ephesians 2. All right, let's all stand as we honor God's word. Uh, Ephesians 6, Ephesians, I'm sorry, Hebrews 11, Ephesians 2. Hebrews 11 and Ephesians 2. All right, Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. All right, let's go back to Ephesians 2 and, 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 and verse 8. Ephesians 2 and, uh, and verse 8. Let me get over here where it is. Ephesians 2 and verse 8 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. In other words, faith is a gift of God. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you for those that have come out to be with us today. Lord, we just pray that you'll bless them. We pray for those who aren't here for some reason or another, Lord. And, and we pray, Lord, that uh, they'll uh, come to their senses and realize that they need to be in the Lord's house. That we're, we, we may have some terrible days coming in this world. And, Lord, uh, there may be some terrible times coming. And we know that uh, you have taught us in your scripture that things aren't going to get any better in this world. It's going to grow worse and worse. Men are going to grow worse and worse. Uh, uh, everything is going to grow worse and worse as time goes along. And, Lord, I just pray that you'll see fit, if it be your will, to, to go with us and watch over us and take care of us. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. Without faith. That's the title of my message today, Without Faith. What is the chief end of every person in this building today? What's the chief end of every person in this building today? This is what your chief end is. You might say, well, I'm just starting my life. we got some little ones here that... They're just starting their life, and then we got some that has started their life, and and they're still young, and we got some that has started their life, and they've gotten a little older, and we've got some that has started their life, and they're getting a little older than that, and then there's some, like Brother Sam and I, we've gotten old, you know. But what is the chief end of every person in this building today? It is to... Glorify God. That's the chief end. That's your chief end is to glorify God. And without faith, you're never going to be able to do that. Let me say that again. Without faith, you're never going to be able to do that. Man is to live his life to do nothing else but to please God. That's, we're to live our lives to please God. 
if any person, I'm sorry, let me say this, what is man, what a man, I'm sorry, when a man pleases God, he also pleases himself. If any person pleases God, he brings to himself a great amount of happiness. You know, when, when you, when you pray, when you pray, please God, then you bring to yourself happiness. You know, probably one of the, one of the worst things about depression and people getting depressed, especially saved people is that, uh, they haven't found the road to happiness. They, they haven't found what it takes to be happy. And so they're just sad all the time. They're sad all the time. Every time you look at them, they're sad. And they just seem like it, that uh, life is just not worth living sometimes. Well, um, uh, when, you, when you please God, you bring to yourself happiness. So the key to it is, is what does it take to please God? It takes faith in God. It takes trust in God. Just like Kara just sang the song. I will trust him. I will trust him. That's a, uh, that's a key to it right there. If you can't trust God, then you can't please God. And, and, and if you, if you, if you still on this thing of a lot of people, if you're still on this thing, I'll take care of myself. I'm not worried about what anybody else thinks. I'll take care of myself. Then you're not on the right track of pleasing God. Because unless you come to God with a broken spirit and a contrite heart, God's not going to accept you. We have this prayer circle up here. If you don't come to that prayer circle with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, it's useless. It's not going anywhere. It's useless. And, and God expresses faith toward us. And we're to express the same faith back toward him, that we trust him and, and we know him, and that makes us happy. If any person pleases God, then he has been accepted into the family of God. Only way you can please God is to have been accepted into the family of God. You've got to, you've got to get away. You've got to get away from any other family things, I, you know, it's a favorite thing today. I just, I just heard it this week on television where they were talking about, uh, uh, George H.W. Bush during his funeral. The statement was made during his funeral, all of us are the children of God. Now, do you believe that to be true? All of us are the children of God. Well, if you believe that to be true, you don't believe the Bible. Because the Bible says that Jesus told those Pharisees they were not God's children. He told those Pharisees, he said, you are not, God is not your father. And the reason God is not your father because you don't believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, God is only your father when you have faith, when faith is given to you to trust him to be your savior, to trust that he died for you there on Calvary's mountain, that he died for you, he gave his life there that you might have 
life everlasting. If you don't believe that, then you don't have faith. If you don't see that in your life, you don't have faith. So you'll never please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, the Bible says. It was, uh, it was, um, John the Apostle who said, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. You know, well, you know, it, it's not that I'm not a biological son of, of Edwin and Rose Jackson, but it's a fact that I am God's son. Now, I used to tell my dad, and my dad, if he was living today, he would testify of it. I used to tell my dad, I say, Dad, I love you, but God is my father now. I used to tell my mother, I love you, and there was a time when I had some problems with my mother. I told my mother, I said, I love you, but God is my father now. I appreciate some of the things that y'all taught me. I appreciate the things that, I appreciate the thing, the life that y'all lived before me, which I, I never had my dad and mother ever. I never, I never ever have them say, I, I love you. I never heard it. Never did hear it. All the time I was growing up, I never did hear them saying, I love you. But, but the life that they lived before us kids showed forth the, uh, the terribleness as we were because we brought, we, we brought a lot of anxiety upon our, our earthly father and our earthly mother. But the fact is that God is our father. And if you're ever to please him as a child, you're going to have to have faith. Without it, you cannot ever please him. You're not going to please him. I know all of you, you know, uh, even an animal. Uh, Becky said one of her dogs drug in a, a carcass of something here a while back. And, and she said, well, I don't know why he does that. He does it to be bragged on. They do it. They do it. They, they want their, they want their, they want their master to brag on them for going out and doing what they did. And, and, and they want to be bragged on. Well, how many times, how many times has children done things that they want their parents to brag on them for doing it? But let me tell you folks, God is not going to brag on any of his children without faith. God, God is not going to say that this is one of my, this is one of my children that I love with all of my heart without you having faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, the Bible says. If any person chooses to please self instead of God, then he brings upon himself sorrow and suffering. He supplies the death flame which will torment him for all eternity, it is so true that without faith it is impossible to please God. 
You know, you you don't want to supply the death flame that it's going to take to to burn you in in hell. You you don't you don't want to supply the death torment that it's going to take that's going to torment you when you leave this world without faith, without God given faith. Oh, I've I've got faith that these pews will hold me. You know, I remember one time going to visit in a house, and this lady had a had an old rocking chair there. And she told me before I sat down, she said, "When well, I that this old chair, I don't know if it'll hold you or not." I thought to myself, well, then I better not sit in it. But I got faith that these pews will hold you up off the ground. I've also got faith that if you sit in them long enough, you'll go sleep. But to have faith in God is a different thing. It has to be given to you. You'll say, well, I trust the Lord. Then you turn right around and you show absolutely no faith in nothing God did. Do you want, I mean, do what you want with your life. Live as earnest as you can live. Make every sacrifice in life that, that, that you can make. Do everything you can for everything that is lovely and of a good reputation, but without it being mingled with God given faith, it is futile. You can do all these things. You can come to church every time the doors open. You, you can go into baptismal waters many times if you want to. You can walk this aisle until you wear the rug out. But without it being mingled with God-given faith, it will get you no closer to heaven than you were before you started doing it. You won't get any closer to heaven. Cain and Abel are the best example of what God expects out of man. Each brother erected his own altar and placed them side by side. Placed them side by side. And put on the altar, Cain put on the altar, well, I'm sorry, let me say this, one put on the altar fruits of the trees, vegetables of the grounds. The other one brought a sacrifice of the firstlings of the flock and put on his altar. And then they faced the judgment of God. They faced the judgment of God. Then it was to be decided by God which offering he would accept. Both offerings were of the same value. Both offerings were good in the eyes of the one who sacrificed them. But it was God who would determine which is the one that pleases him. That was judgment. God judged both offerings. God judged Cain's offering. He judged Abel's offering. And because of the, and because that God, uh, um, let's, let's put it this way. But it was God who would determine which one pleases him. 
Cain had brought his best, but his best was without faith. Abel brought his living sacrifice with faith that this is, and this is what God wanted. To the changing countenance of Cain, God set on fire the offering of Abel as a declaration of his sovereign pleasure. Cain offered a burnt offering of a live first fruits of an animal that God expected. What happened? We know what happened. God accepted the offering of faith and rejected the offering of the hands. Now, I can't I can't explain it anymore. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, if we're to understand what it means to be without faith, we must see what having faith really means. What does having faith really mean? It means a person has knowledge and understanding. What does it do to what 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 does it do any good to worship God for many years and obtain no knowledge? A person cannot believe what he or she does not know. You, you can't believe something. If, if, you, if you don't have God-given faith, what, what do you know? What do you know? How, how do you know to act in church? How do you know to act when time comes up, when, when it comes time to pray? How do you know how to act? How do you know what to pray for? How do you know all these things? You know, Romans 10, and over in Romans 10 and verse 12 says, For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord of all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can't do that without faith. Some people said, well, all i got to do is just pray the sinner's prayer and everything's going to be all right. That's a lie. If it's done without faith, that's a lie. Just like Brother Sam brought out in the devotion this morning about Cornelius. Cornelius had faith. And as a result of it, God saved him and his, his household. He had faith. He had faith in God. He demonstrated faith in God. He showed forth faith in God. And when, and when Peter preached the gospel to him, he believed it. Why? Because he had God-given faith. Now, when does God give us that faith? Who knows? I, I know God gave me that faith before I was ever saved. If God hadn't have given me that faith before I was ever saved, then it would have done no good for Brother Jim Jeffries to come and, and preach the gospel to me. But when Brother Jim Jeffries preached it to me, that immediately I knew that's what I needed. And God saved me right there. Why? Because God had given me faith to believe what Brother Jim Jeffries preached to me. How many people do you think Brother Jim Jeffries preached to 
He, he was a witnessing man. He really was. How, how many people do you think Jim Jeffries preached to, the gospel to, and just ignored him? Probably hundreds. I know that's what it's been in my life. I preach a gospel here every Sunday. I preach some kind of the gospel, some part of the gospel here every Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon. And people sit and they ignore it. We pray for them. We pray that God will save them. We pray that, that, that God will, will save them. But without faith, they're never going to be saved. If God doesn't give faith, then you're never going to believe the gospel. Romans 10 and verse 12 says, well, we already read that. He said in verse 14, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Now think about that for just a moment. Think about what he's saying there. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How can a person call on the Lord to save them if somewhere down the line God hadn't given them faith to believe that what they were just told is true? That's what, that's what he's referring to here. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how should they hear without a preacher? Now, first of all, when do they hear? It's not when the preacher comes. The only thing is they hear the message of the preacher that the preacher's preaching. It's, it, it's not, it, it's not uh, uh, a day before the preacher comes. Let me tell you, folks, when God is working with a person, sometimes it's a long time God works with them. before they ever come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that he died for them. I'm, I'm, I'm standing before you today with no doubt, no doubt whatsoever that when Jesus died on that tree there on Calvary's mountain, he died for me. If he didn't die for another person in this building, he died for me. He died for me. And can you believe that? Can you, can you really believe that he died for you? You'll say, well, how real is it? It's real. It's as real as it gets. Let me tell you, folks, it is a life-changing uh, uh, condition that comes up on you. It's a life-changing thing. You'll say, well, uh, uh, someday I'll walk the church aisle. That won't get you anywhere. Someday I'm going to be baptized. How many parents down through the years have told their children, well, don't you think it's about time you were baptized? You'll say, how do I know that? Because my mama told me that. When I was going to Sunday school, my mama never, never even went to church herself. Dad never went to church. Mama, my mom never spoke to me except the only thing I knew about Jesus was that that was him in that picture that hung on the wall, that I was scared to death to go in that room drunk. I used to low, low crawl through that room to keep Mary and Jesus from seeing me. 
Now, how come when Brother Jeffries came to me, and Brother Jeffries came to me, a scoundrel, he, he had just, he had just, Brother Robbie likes for people to tell this, he had just got me, not too long before that, to ride my motorcycle back down the steps of the church to let the people out. Why, why would he take the time to come to me and preach to me personally? Why, because when I was on that motorcycle and rode it up those steps, I had something down inside of me that I didn't know was there. Why did I stay, sit over there with a bunch of hoodlums, hooligans, as Miss Parson called them, in school? Why did I sit over there with a bunch of hooligans and we would sit over and throw rocks down the aisle of the church that my future wife went to? We would throw rocks down the aisle. The preacher would be preaching. They left all the doors open because they didn't have air conditioning or anything in the summertime. They left all the doors open. We'd sit across the street and see who could throw a rock down the aisle. And I was the stupid one. I stood up one day and I told them boys I'd never do what he does. Now that was stupid. I didn't know at that time that God was working on me, because, but he was. That's just like Abel. He didn't know God was working on him, but he was. Cain didn't care, but Abel did. Abel saw fit to bring the thing that God demanded of him. And Cain didn't care what it, what it meant to him. Abel knew that it meant something to him to bring a sacrifice, a bloody sacrifice to his altar. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach a gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, who hath believed our report. Who believes the report that Jesus died for him? Only those that have God-given faith. They're the only ones that can do it. That's how important it is. It is not enough to be like the fuller who was asked, what do you believe? He replied, I believe what the church believes. What do you believe today? Well, I believe what Landmark Baptist Church believes. What do you believe about your soul? What do you believe about your soul today? Young person, what do you believe about your soul? What do you believe about that today? Oh, you can sit there all the time and say, I believe what our, my church teaches. That's what the fuller said. The fuller said, they said, what do you believe? He said, well, I believe what my church teaches. Had a man one time, I was visiting with me. And, and a man got to talking about, because I believe in election. 
The man got to talking about it. And he looked at the one, the guy that was visiting with me. And he said, what do you believe? He said, I believe what he believes. I soon learned not too long after that, he didn't believe what I believe. Let me tell you, folks, that won't get it. It's got to be in your heart. It's got to be there. It's got to be placed there in your heart. A great desire to want to be saved. Great desire to want to be in the Lord's family. A great desire to want to be one of, one of God's chosen children. There's a great desire there for that. Listen, folks, unless your eyes have been opened to your born ignorance and the thing you need in life to please God, you have lost your whole life. Your whole life is lost. It is a terrible thing not to know what you really believe. You may say, I'm a believer, but what do you believe? I'm a believer, but what do you believe? Well, I believe in God. There's not a soul out there that doesn't believe in God. You won't find any that doesn't believe in God. Not around here. You might go to some of these big cities and find some idiot up there that says he don't believe in God. But you're not going to find it around here. What do you believe? You say, well, I'm a believer. What do you believe? Well, I'm a believer, and I can tell you what I believe. I believe the Lord Jesus Christ died for me there on Calvary's hill. He gave his life there, and I believe he did it for me. And I believe he did it so I, my sins would be forgiven. My sins would be covered in his blood, and they have been now for 50-some years. 50-plus years. If we're to understand what it means to be without faith, and we must see what agreeing with God really means. What, it, what does it mean, agreeing with God? To assent with God, that is, to believe with God, there must be a gift from God of faith. What one knows, one must be in agreement with what one is taught. Depends on what you're taught. If you're taught that all you got to do is walk down a church aisle, that's what you believe. If you're taught all you got to do is go down and take the preacher's hand, let him ask you a question or two, take the preacher's hand, and then go into the baptismal waters, then that's what you're taught. You only believe what you're taught. That's why it's, that's why it is important. It's imperative that I stand up here and I preach to you and I preach to you the truth of the Bible from from beginning to end. That I don't I don't try to make it to where it makes me look good or makes somebody else look bad. I've got to preach the truth of the Bible from beginning to end. It is one thing to read the scriptures but quite another to believe what you're reading. What was it Paul said to the Ethiopian eunuch? When he was when 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 the eunuch was sitting in a chariot and he was reading the scriptures, what did Paul say to him? 
Paul, I mean Philip, not, not Paul, but Philip. What did Philip say to him? Philip said, understand us what thou readest. I say it to you today. You read the scripture, do you understand what you're reading? Do you understand what, 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 what he's talking about? Do you understand when the Bible talks about faith? Do you understand that? Do you understand what the Bible means when it talks about faith? You only understand what you're taught. The truth of the scriptures must be stored in the soul as being the very truth of the living God. One cannot pick and choose which scriptures he wants to believe and which scriptures he wants to ignore. And they can't do it with God-given faith. You can't do that with God-given faith. You can't pick and choose what scripture you want to believe. You believe all of them. You believe them to be the truth. You believe them to be the truth. No one has the authority to have the scriptures. But I have seen a lot who think they do. It's like the man who said to me one day, Rhonda may remember this, I don't know if she will or not. It's like the man man who said to me one day, if the Bible says black is white, I will never see black again. That's what he said to me. It was Rhonda's uncle. And he was drunk when he said it. Now, I said to him, I called him a name. I said, what if the Bible says one should not destroy his God-given body by filling it with liquor? And what would you say to that? He said, I would doubt that the Bible says that. I said, but it does say that. You just got through saying it. The Bible says black is white. I'll never see, I'll, I'll never see black again. But I said, can you read in the scripture where the Bible says that our bodies are the temple of God and we're, and we're to take care of them. We're not to fill them full of liquor. We're not to fill them full of drugs. We're not to fill them full of stuff. It's a temple of God. We're to take care of our bodies. We're, we're, to, we're to see that our bodies are, 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 are they're doing the right thing. There, the 11th chapter of Hebrews teaches us how to please God. The Bible states, and my time is gone already, but I'm going to go through this and then I'll let you go. The 11th chapter of Hebrews teaches us how to please God. The Bible states, by faith, Abraham offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. Or Abel. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more efficient, excellent sacrifice. It also says, by faith, Enoch was translated. It says, by faith, Noah built an ark. It says, by faith, Abraham went out into a place that he should afterwards receive. It says, by faith, he sojourned in the land of promise. It says, by faith, Sarah shall bear Isaac. It said, by faith, Abraham offered up Isaac. It says, by faith, Moses gave up the, the wealth of, of Egypt to please God. It says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. It says, by faith, Jacob blessed the sons of Joseph. 
It says, by faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the Red Sea of the children of Israel. It says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. It says, by faith, the heart at Rebekah was saved. They did nothing except by faith. We got people today trying to serve the Lord. Don't have a bit of faith. Don't have a bit of faith. Don't understand what faith is. What more can I say? I can say there was Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel. All were men of great faith. Every one of them were. There, there are others in the scriptures who have done amazing things which God did not accept their works. For their works were done outside of faith. I've already showed you those who came before God with repentance but was not forgiven by God. I showed you that last for two weeks there and talked about it. Let me give all of you here today one last thought. You will never approach the doors of glory without God-given faith. Why? Because it is impossible to please God without faith. All right, let's all.